What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we as we live deliciously. Oh. Oh. Ooh. Do you do you want to taste the butter, <laughs> Roshane? <laughs> I think I may have to. You think you may have to? Would you even if it wasn't on a roll? Even if oh, it was just a no, dollop a, of butter. Nah, nah, nah. That's a deal breaker. You can't you can't just be scooping up plain butter like that. This ain't keto hours. Hell nah. Slap okay. that baby on a nice freshly baked roll and mm-hmm. and you got me. Or some corn. Or some corn. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Many applications for this devilishly delicious butter. So we would like to taste the butter, but we have a couple <laughs> stipulations. We have a couple stipulations. <laughs> We hope that's okay with you guys. <laughs> no disrespect to my man's, mm-hmm. Mr. Black Phillip, but uh, we have we have some rules for this yeah, to work Rules out. and regulations in regards to the butter, but the no delivery of that butter was silky smooth. I know we haven't quite jumped into the movie yet, but I'll give them that. That delivery was ooh. The butter was divine. It was like that uh, that Texas Roadhouse uh, cinnamon oh. butter. Oh. Oh, bring mm-hmm. out the bring out the fancy, the gourmet mm-hmm. butter. Is, is it yes. this kind of episode? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only fair that it is the most delightful of butter. Um, also, homies, I have been fighting for my life these last few days. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have had the flu, um, but I am currently on the uptrend but i just thought i'd throw that out there just in case if i sound a little bit different in this episode it's because i can't breathe and also if i get a little kooky in this episode it's because i'm i've been taking medicine i just wanted to throw that out there so you guys kind of knew what the deal was yeah but i'm feeling better today so which is great which is great and you know Mm -hmm. we're always glad to hear that and we just wanted to reassure you guys that erica did not actually partake in the butter and is not currently under um which like symptoms mm, um mm-hmm. it's just the flu um well, do not be afraid but if if i did if i had say i had taken a little dab of the butter i wouldn't be sick oh. i would be thriving you know what i mean that is true like like if i had turned it down i would be uh, then this would this is where i would be mm. so Okay. So I guess I I guess I lied. I don't want. I didn't take the butter. I did not accept it. I gotta be honest, Erica. There's holes in this story now. Did you or did you not take the butter? Tell us right now. Um, Black Philip, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> what did you want? What was? What did you want me to tell him? <laughs> Just, I was supposed to say no, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, if you haven't picked up yet, um, today. <laughs> We are talking about the witch, uh, well, the witch, the witch, the witch, which uh, is very exciting because uh, I've never seen the witch, 
Um, but I have through the years heard nothing but good things about The Witch. So I was very curious going into it to see what kind of movie it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Erica, I believe you had seen this movie before, right? Yes. Yes, I had. Okay. Um, I I think I saw this movie like right around the time. I didn't see it in theaters, but I, I did see it not too long after it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had not seen it since then. Okay. Gotcha. Um, it was kind of a one watch for me, but I, you know, remembered a lot about it. Mm-hmm. A lot more than I was expecting that I would have remembered. Um, so it was fun to to go back and rewatch it and kind of brush up on some of the m- more minor details of the film. Very nice, very nice. Well, I mean, should we uh, should we just hop into it, get it started, start talking about this movie, or how you feeling, uh, yes, Mrs. Butter? Please, <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Butterworth. Mrs. Butterworth. Um, yeah, I know. I'm ready. Will if you would be so. So kind, lead us through New England and tell us the tale of the witch. And tell the tale I shall. (laughs) All right, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory. So you have been warned. But today, like we said, we are talking about The Witch from 2015. This one was directed by Robert Eggers, starring Anya Taylor-Joy as Thomason, Ralph Einson as William, Kate Dickey as Catherine, Harvey Scrimshaw as Caleb, and Ellie Granger as Mercy. The 1600s were a difficult time for many, especially for William, an English settler who was banished from his Puritan colony along with his wife, Catherine, and their four children. Determined to survive on their own, the family finds a small plot of land to sow their seeds. However, when one of those seeds is snatched in the form of their fifth son, Samuel, the family begins turning on one another, searching for the cause of their plight. Little do they know, the cause is far closer than they think. Insert homemade witch hunts. Puritan peekaboo and questionable baby baths here. Our film concludes with Thomason fighting to clear her name while the family fights against a dark and sinister force. Also, I am a sinner who's probably gonna sin again. Lord forgive me. Roll credits. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. I could oh, not help man. it. <laughs> Look, bitch, don't kill my vibe. <laughs> That's so funny, though, because this whole movie, I was thinking, I was like, this whole movie is basically just Thomason on her, like, Keisha Cole shit. Was like, <laughs> I might as well have cheated on you <laughs> as much as you accuse me. It's, it's like, so damn. true, dude. Thomason, she gets it so bad in this movie i feel so bad yeah. for her um also She's like, damn i should have been a witch right? the way you guys are treating me i should have been a like, witch this God whole time damn <laughs> um also this is i think the earliest version of anya taylor joy i've ever seen um i somehow forgot she was in this movie 
Um, until she popped up on screen, I was like, that's the queen with her gambit. She's there. <laughs> the queen. <laughs> Make way for the queen. Hold on. I think that this is her first role. No way. Is it really? Let me double check. I, I put, I'd put, I'd bet on it. Mm, okay. So this was her first, her first movie role. Okay. Her first, oh, well, she played, she was in like a, a TV episode prior to this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is her first like big role. And it kind of seems like now she is becoming like Robert Eggers, like kind of go to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's using her in quite a lot of his his films, um, which I, I mean, I, I enjoy her a lot. So oh, yeah, I she's... have absolutely no issues with that. But yes, this was definitely our first introduction to I mean, definitely for me, since I saw it so close to when it came out, mm-hmm. my first introduction to yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy. I mean, she does fantastic in this, and yeah, I agree. I, I really like her as an actress, uh, but does go to show that, you know, you never know how long it'll take you to, like, really take off. Like, I know she's, like, the talk of the town now, um, mm-hmm. but she's been around, you know? She's been around doing stuff, and this was a nice reminder. Um, mm-hmm. But... To not get too derailed here, um, Erica, please let me know what is in your notebook. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't have a very insightful first note. My first note is banished is all I wrote. <laughs> and that's all I wrote for my first note because um, cause I love the way that they said that. Mm-hmm. I like that they said banished. Banished. And also... I guess I had kind of forgotten. That was one thing I did forget, the circumstances with which this family, why they were alone Mm -hmm. and why they were living on their own um, outside of the colony. That was one thing that I I had forgotten. And so this little very quick introduction, literally, I think it's what, like a a minute, a minute and a half long scene Mm -hmm. of the father seemingly getting into a dispute about the way that the town is being run religiously um run and because of him talking up and talking against it he has now allowed it for him and his family to be banished from the colony <laughs> and so, oh god I, oh, you're right <laughs> you're right <laughs> he is now allowed for him and his family to be banished from the colony and so now they're really left to their own devices mm-hmm. and not only are they not allowed to live there anymore they're not really supposed to even be interacting with anybody from there so they can't really get help because they are outcasts yeah now, in the eyes of this of this colony at least yeah it seems like back in this time period getting a banished was basically the equivalent of a death sentence because it's just like especially for mm-hmm. brand new settlers right who haven't really rooted themselves yet in any place um being sent out into the wilds to just fend for yourself seems like the type of thing you do to somebody to be very, very petty with. Right. And well, and something that I do like that gets touched on in this film is that the dad, you know, because at this time it is so much of, oh, yes, the father is the head figure and the provider of the family. Mm-hmm. And the dad is really kind of big at his britches. And he says, go ahead, banish me. Banish at me, bitch. I don't care. <laughs> and they do, right? Because he, he's, he's like, you know, has this big issue with them. 
And he doesn't think of the fact that, okay, this means that I alone am going to be providing for my family. And we really see throughout this film that he is not equipped to do so. He does not know how to do that. He doesn't know how to hunt. He doesn't know how to properly harvest. So he has kind of put his family at a disadvantage because he was not willing to bend or break, but he also wasn't really willing to listen to what maybe they would have preferred to do. Right. And so as a result, he's really put them in a sticky situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine being just sent to your imminent demise because your daddy's a little too proud. Um, <laughs> I, I, I feel for these kids, truly. <laughs> I truly feel for these kids. Just because, because somebody at the table prayed a little bit wrong. They said the prayer a little bit different than what your dad liked. And he's like, we're living in the woods. I, I can't do this anymore. Like, miss me with that shit. Could not be me. Um, also, for those that... I mean, I feel like most people at this point... Minus, I guess, myself have seen the movie. But if you don't know, we're talking about an A24 film here as well. Mm-hmm. So it's very atmospheric. Um, I think it's a great way to um, preface most A20, A24 films. Um, they do a really good job of transporting you to the 1630s. You really feel like you're there. I actually have my, my first note was that A24 has kind of become like a household name for me. Now, because now whenever I see A24, I'm like, yeah, fuck up my emotions. Let's go. Hit me with it. <laughs> what you got yeah. for me today, A24? I want I want to feel things. Let me feel it. And um, <laughs> it's so far, um, they got a great track record of really just like putting you in the worlds that they create within their films. And so mm-hmm. even though if some of you listen to some of our earlier episodes, you know, I'm not a huge period piece guy. Um this, along with um, Fear Street 1666, is like slightly moving my opinion on that. Like, I, I don't mind the period pieces as much these days, especially when they're within the horror-ish genre. I, th- I, I think it actually, for me, adds that little extra element that I need to actually enjoy um, period pieces more. Right. Well, and it just has to be the right story, mm-hmm. right? It, it has to be engaging and, and interesting enough. And I, I do think that the the period pieces that focus on witchcraft, to me, are always so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think now in modern day, witches have definitely changed mm-hmm. a lot. Um, the way that they are interpreted and the way that we see them. Now, to me, witches are are cool like anytime i see a witch story it's either kind of a silly story a la like hocus pocus Mm -hmm. or i see witches as being really cool and like something to aspire to be a la uh, like practical magic Mm -hmm. and i think when you put a witch in a in the time period that this movie is set as you're automatically shifting the narrative because back then the a witch is the scariest thing that you could a be accused of being mm-hmm. but also b you didn't want to run you didn't want to run into a witch on the streets because right. as far as you knew the a witch is doing the devil's bidding and in a time that is so wrapped up in religion you don't want to run into a minion of Lucifer, but you also, if you also 
are having to live in fear every day, specifically if you're a woman of that time, although mm-hmm. men could be accused of being witches, but mainly if you're a woman, you are having to live in fear of if I do one thing wrong or do one thing that people don't like, uh, they're, I'm probably going to be called a witch tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And if I get called a witch, I'm dead. Like right. I'm, I'm smooth dead. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. That's a wrap. And it just changes the lens on that because I do think sometimes it's hard nowadays to continue to make a witch a scary figure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that putting it in this time period, just it just changes the lens on it so much. It becomes a very tense story for for multiple reasons. Right, right, right. You know, out of curiosity, a question for you. What do you think... Mm-hmm personally inspired the the sort of witch boom that we've had in like the past decade or so where like witching like you said has become this more like cool trending thing um with a lot of people especially around our age what do you what do you think spurred that or was the cause of that um well i think that people have just i feel like when we were younger mm-hmm. witches kind of shifted from being like g- like goblin-esque women who have like our green skin and have like boils and warts and and are very cartoonish i feel like they switched from that to being like powerful women who were kind of who were beautiful and who were kind of taking back their power and taking back their spirituality and using that to be to be strong and to kind of you know fight for what they wanted mm-hmm. i feel like there was maybe a little bit of a, a shift in that and and I, so I, I think that maybe it just became one of those things where as people started looking more into maybe witchcraft or in Wicca, um, that it became more of like, oh, no, this is about strength mm-hmm. and power and spirituality. It's not about, you know, running through the streets with the devil and right, ripping right, off right. my clothes and like... <laughs> <laughs> and, and and turning children into mice like that's not <laughs> that's not exactly you know what what is going on here and so i feel like i i like i feel like for me cuz i remember like the movie slash the book the witches mm-hmm. i remember being really scary and i remember that making me kind of afraid of witches but then i remember seeing the craft and after i saw the craft i thought witches were super cool yeah that's what i was gonna say is like i feel like movies definitely played a huge role yeah in pushing it because yeah the craft was the quintessential like okay witches are cool as shit now mm-hmm. yeah it was like oh witches are dope and i i do think that it's just the i do think pop culture kind of started to switch things because then you also had tv shows like sabrina the teenage witch Mm -hmm. charmed charmed was one of my favorite shows when i was growing up and that was three badass women who were witches who were just fighting evil all the time Mm -hmm. and i just thought that was the coolest thing but i really do just feel like pop culture is the way that things are in pop culture, I do think can can switch the way that we feel about certain things. And I feel like this happens in horror a lot because even with universal movie monsters, you see it a lot where, you know, the Wolfman and 
Dracula and the mummy, how those were scarier back in the day than maybe they are now. But I think that's because we've seen some really ridiculous variations of them. Mm -hmm. And now we're fighting to kind of get back to a more serious version of them. I feel like the same thing happened with vampires. It's like Twilight happened. And then they were like, shit, we got to make vampires scary again. What did we do? (laughs) Um, (laughs) What have we done? What have we done? Um, And so, yeah, I just feel like the way that things shift in pop culture can really reflect upon the audience and the way that they'll view that character from that point on and so depending on your formative years whatever that witch that really made like an impact on you whatever they were doing that's probably how you're going to see witches and so like for me i i equate witches to like like i said charmed and sabrina and the craft and yeah a little bit of hocus pocus but Mm -hmm. i tend to see witches more as like that cool like fight society which rather than the the old school yeah 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 booga booga kind of witch yeah 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 and we also have harry potter too i just thought about that like we have we have a whole generation of people who can basically recite every book and movie verbatim uh Mm -hmm. so that may also play a role but I, i i hear you yeah i think a mixture of pop culture plus uh, the deeper dive into what witches represent could all well be the reason that everyone is into witchy shit these days. Uh, mm-hmm. But but it's cool. I think it's cool to see. Yeah, I think it's really dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, and one last thing I wanted to say, just to spin it back to your A24 mm-hmm. thing. This, at the very beginning of this movie, there's like a lot of use of strings as the soundtrack like violins Mm -hmm. and stuff and just using the bow really quick and rapid against the strings Mm -hmm. and and making you feel this sense of unease that i feel like a24 often uses in their horror films which i do think is very very good but i will say i think in this movie as much as i enjoy it it does make it a little bit hard to balance the volume Okay. Like for me, because I think the rest of it is so quiet. The mm-hmm. dialogue is so quiet. And then it'll just pop into these really intense moments of violins or, you know, or whatever they're using. And so I was I was struggling with my remote for, <laughs> for a, a good while in this film to try and find a a, like a good spot between not blowing out my ears but also mm-hmm. being able to hear the dialogue <laughs> you know that's fair that's fair i didn't really notice it myself but i do hear you because i can recall mm-hmm. a couple parts where i was like yeah yeah no that is a loud soundtrack but i <laughs> i i enjoy it just because uh, like you said it does add that uneasy feeling and i think they do use mm-hmm. it well but I could definitely oh, see. Yeah. I could definitely see there being moments where you're like, "Yo, hold up." Yeah. Um, Let me keep the peace. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> please. Um, but spin, spinning it back around, um, mm-hmm. we've got the family now being banished and fending for their own. They now have a fifth child in the form of Samuel, which leads us to what I think is one of the more memorable parts of this movie, which is the peekaboo scene. Um, mm-hmm. Which I would like to say. Now, every trailer is different. Every trailer has potential to be good or bad, et cetera, et cetera. And for the most part, as someone who had not seen The Witch yet, I thought the trailer did a good job 
of giving you the idea of the movie without giving you too much, right? Mm-hmm. My one qualm, and it's a very small qualm. It's 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 honestly not that huge, but like my one qualm with the trailer is getting to the peekaboo scene. That was the one time that I wish that I had not seen the trailer so that I could have experienced that scene in its entirety. Mm-hmm. That's totally fair. I I was thinking that as well while I was rewatching it as I remember the peekaboo scene being in the trailer and kind of giving away the giving away the gag like giving the the surprise is that Samuel is no longer there. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sucks because it's a really like, good scare. It, it, like it's, it's so a good, good one. Yeah. It's it's like it's the inciting incident. So it happens fairly quickly in the film. So it it it's kind of like, oh, okay, you know, you, you only got spoiled for like this first five minute little thing. Right. And you don't know really what happens afterwards. But it is a great moment because had that not been in the trailer, like it, it, it would have still been fine. Like, I, you know, you could have still played it off and not shown that her baby brother was no longer in the movie. Like, and we wouldn't have known that if the trailer had all been the same minus that moment. And it is a good, because yeah, you watch it now and the whole time you're like, okay, I know one of these times when she looks. He's not going to be there. He's not going to be there. And that does kind of suck because you're anticipating it. You know, as soon as she gets the baby and goes to do that, you know it's happening then. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it would have been nice to not know that. But I don't think that's, I definitely think that was probably a production choice um to try and you know add more intense moments in the trailer oh I know of that course that's not, like yeah i don't fault them at all for putting it in the trailer i don't because it's such a great way to pull people into the idea of the movie and mm-hmm. i was one of those people too i remember seeing it in the trailer and being like oh damn that's good i want to see more <laughs> of that um but it was at the sacrifice of having it in the movie for me because yeah i was definitely like preemptively getting ready for the baby to be gone um, mm-hmm. so like it was, it was a, it was a double-edged sword where even knowing that it was going to happen in the movie, it still worked. Like it was still good. Um, I just wish I could yeah. have experienced it pure. Uh, I will give it to him though. The, uh, scene following the peekaboo scene, um, may have scarred me for life and you know, I gotta give him credit where credit is due. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yes. Because Yes, you know that the baby is going to be gone, but I I think you could expect if this movie was kind of following some paths that other movies had taken, you could almost expect that maybe they would find the baby later on and he'd still be okay, or that we would just never find out what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, neither one of those happen. We we immediately find out the fate of Samuel. We get to watch the fate of Samuel, um, which yeah is definitely not something that. I would have expected seeing in this, but it definitely immediately sets you up to the idea that nobody is safe in this movie, which I think is really important because you have a movie that is dealing with a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. There are the vast majority of this cast are children and with this opening the way that it does, with this opening with a ch- a baby being killed, you know that none of these kids are safe. Right. Like, it is on 
on to the break of dawn and any of these kids could be could be snatched. Yeah. And I feel like that ups the stakes pretty dang high right off of the bat in this film. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, most definitely. And like should have honestly known with it being an A24 film that we would go here, you know, mm-hmm. like the whole scene after watching, it, I was like, that yeah, that was the A24 that I was waiting for and expecting in this film. Uh, and they, uh, it's just, I was, I was really thinking about this and like trying to ponder, like, what is it about this, per- this production house and their films that, that get you or give you that weird A24 feeling, right? And I think that, so a lot of horror movies rely on terror, um, for their scares, you know, for like jump scares and whatnot, that feeling of like, what's about to happen, right? A lot of horror movies do that. And I feel like A24 movies are the opposite, where they really rely on their horror aspect to give you that feeling of dread and despair. You know, like they they won't waste time trying to make you guess like what is about to happen in a scene. They'll just have it happen and then force you to sit with it for like 60 seconds. And I think mm-hmm. in a way, because like, I don't think you see that as often. I think that's what it is for me about a 24 films that like get under my skin because that's, that's what the baby bath scene. <laughs> I love calling it, but that's what the baby bath scene felt like to me is just, we already had, we already did the terror. The baby got, the baby got snatched. The baby's gone. Uh, we don't know what happened to the baby, but then they're like, no, 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 no. We're going to show you. You're going to watch every little thing that's about to happen to this baby. Mm-hmm. And I love that they also do like they do that. Right. But they're very nuanced in the way that they shoot, um, which is, you know, kudos to them, because even though you can essentially guess everything that's happening to Samuel, they don't just directly show you everything, right? There's a little bit of room for interpretation there, but the way it's shot is it guides you along well enough that you know what they're trying to tell you without having to see every single gory detail of it. And it's just as horrifying. Right, yeah, because it's a, it's a fine line between Yeah, because I don't really want to see a baby get top. murdered on 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 screen. Right. I don't really want to see that. Right. It's like you 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 got to toe the line between being over the top and but you don't want to be too under the radar where people are like what's going on? You you have to f- you have to find a good middle ground, which I uh, I mean they definitely do. Um I know I haven't seen a ton of a24 stuff but the all the movies that i've seen from them i i feel like they for the most part toe the line pretty well uh, some movies i think go above m- more than others yeah do. not all a24 um, but, movies are made the same of course right right yeah and, and of course with like we here we've got robert eggers and his directorial debut Mm -hmm. i am fairly certain because before this he was like an art director and a costume designer and did some theater directing um and you can really tell i feel like that that is the background that he came from because this movie is definitely a stylistic movie yeah i don't think uh, not like Though it is stylistic, they did not 
forget that there still has to be substance. Mm-hmm. This is not a style over substance situation for me, at least. I, I, the thing about these types of movies is they're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, and I totally understand why. Um, but I feel like in this one, he did not sacrifice story just to get some some cool shots. Every shot basically you know, fits in with the story or or gives you some imagery that is going to lead into the next thing. And they did a lot of practical lighting for this, candlelight, uh, firelight, and it looks great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely helps the ambiance. It helps the atmosphere. It works fantastic well. It's, it's I mean, we kind of mentioned this in our Descent um, review how hard it can be sometimes when you're relying on more practical lighting because you have to make sure that people can be seen um, but you also don't want things to be too bright it looks great it's definitely one I once again recommend watching in the dark if you want to make sure that you see everything but it's pretty balanced a lot of stuff happens in the daylight um a lot of the scarier stuff happens in the daylight. It isn't until the end that they start moving more things towards nighttime. Um, and I think that this was like a $3.5 million budget shot within like 16, 16, ain't no way, 26 maybe. <laughs> Hold on, let me see how many ain't days. No 20, way. <laughs> ain't no way. Okay, yeah. $3.5 million budget, 26 days. And they were working with kids and animals, which there's a quote by someone that says, like, don't ever work with kids and animals. And he's working with both. And yeah. I got to give it to him. They they did it. They, uh, they they did the thing. I know that the goat that played Black Phillip was giving them kind of some some grievances, but they pulled it together. Yeah, true. that. I also read somewhere that they... Um, where they were shooting, they had like a really bad like fly infestation, or like there was just yeah. like there were bugs everywhere. So everyone who wasn't um, on camera was basically in the equivalent of like a bee suit the entire time. Like shooting, apparently shooting this movie was kind of miserable, but no. I mean, you know, with the misery came quality because uh, I'd quit. Oh my god, I hate flies. Yeah, that can you imagine like fucking twelve hour days just nonstop buzzing around your head? Oh my goodness, I couldn't do it. I would just walk off into the woods and again. <laughs> be like, hey, get a get a shot of this real quick because it's the only <laughs> one you're gonna get. It's <laughs> all you're gonna see. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um but, but but I mean, yeah, it paid off because it looks where they shot and the like set that they had, I mean, it all looks authentic. I don't mm-hmm. know. I didn't. I didn't live in the 1600s. Thank God for that. But like, <laughs> as far as I know, it looks authentic. <laughs> yeah, it looks just like that. Um, though I guess they did shoot in Ontario, though they didn't actually shoot in New England, um, just due mm-hmm. to like money reasons. But makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that being said, though, we have um, Samuel got turned into baby butter. And then mm-hmm. now we're kind of in the aftermath, right? Where it's the family is essentially moving forward. It's been a little bit since Samuel's disappearance. Um, they're trying to keep trucking along, but clearly they've got issues right now. Um, producing their own food and whatnot is not going so well. As far as we can tell, um, Catherine is not handling 
Samuel disappearance well, and it is really forming a very large gap between her and Thomason, who, again, poor, poor Thomason is just out here trying to live her best life and Mm -hmm. is just catching L's left and right from every direction for no reason. Yeah. Truly a shame. Because Thomason is basically just, they mentioned it a couple of times. They call it her going through her womanhood. Thomason is just becoming a teenager. Mm -hmm. And I think in normal life, this would probably be considered like the rebellious teen phase, although she's not being rebellious at all. She's literally doing her chores. But you know what? I'm like, probably in that time, what she's doing is probably rebellious. You know, like the way she's talking back and the way that she's like maybe handling some things is maybe what would be called like the Puritan rebellion phase. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's basically You're forming all opinions. Oh, oh Ex- no, honey. Uh-uh. Excuse me. <laughs> um, what? You have boobs now? What the heck? You gotta go <laughs> to some- you gotta go somewhere else. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's all that's going on with her, and she's kind of taking on the brunt of of everybody because she's got these badass little kids that get away with everything Yo, that fuck them kids straight up <laughs> oh my god the twins i was like who are these heathens uh, they're so bad they're so bad <laughs> just like the worst and so she's got them that she's got to take care of and then her mom the thing with her mom and the way that her mom is grieving is it's like her her mom just needs a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. She needs somebody to blame because as far as they know, they don't really know what happened to Samuel. And it's easier sometimes for people with grief to have something to blame, like something to put all of their their grief towards. Mm-hmm. And for the mother, that just so happens to be Thomason because Thomason was supposed to be watching him. Yeah. When he got snatched. And then I think that that shows the most later on when, you know, she's she's continuing to blame Thomason for a lot of things until she finds out that the father has been doing things behind her back. And you kind of see for a moment she switches. See, she switches all of her blame to the dad. And then she kind of is like. Thomason is kind of like back in her good graces for a little while. Yeah. And so I feel for just a skosh of a minute, <laughs> Thomason <laughs> is, is living a good life. Um, but yeah, it's like, but to, and to be fair, it's like we find out when, when we jump ahead, we find out it's only been a week mm. since it's happened. And I will say the dad is not super awesome at helping his wife through her grief. True. He's, he's kind of dismissive. Yeah, um, the way that she's feeling. Yeah, he really is, and I think one uh, something that is helpful for all of this, right, is the characters, although imperfect, they do have reasons behind what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Catherine's animosity towards uh, Thomason isn't fully unwarranted because, it, like, yeah, it's true, like. You leave your son with your daughter, and then your daughter just comes back without your son. Like I, I understand you being a little bit um, bereaved by that, and you're like, uh, excuse mm-hmm. me, what the fuck happened? And then the dad, who a lot on top of losing his son recently, has to also deal with the fact that like his family is about to starve this mm-hmm. year if he doesn't figure some shit out. Um, so I, I, I think I understand the characters being distracted by each of their own vices but i think that adds to the 
the narrative of the conflict here because not only do you have this family that is kind of at each other's throats now because of what happened, but it's not for it's not for bad reason. Like everyone has a reason for feeling the way they do. Honestly, minds the kids because again, fuck them kids. Uh, but at least the the, right. the older the older people in the family all have reasons to kind of feel the way they do. Mm-hmm. Well, and we also with the kids, we find out that they have kind of been chit chatting with the devil goat uh, every time. Fair, so fair. He 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 could have been he could have been feeding them a little bit uh, a <laughs> bit little of, bit of um bit of a bad <laughs> a influence the, there yeah, in, uh, in he, Black Phillip, but <laughs> he might have been leading them down a bad path. But yeah, and and even with I would say. Caleb and Thomason are probably the characters out of everyone that you could maybe feel the most sympathy for or relate to the most. Mm-hmm. Even with them, yeah, it's like they make mistakes. Like Caleb, Caleb makes a lot of mistakes. Caleb <laughs> a makes lot a lot of mistakes. Caleb is in this weird position where he's getting older and he is take he's getting curious about women and also um he would be considered kind of the next head of the household if something were to happen to his dad right Right. and i feel like he's really starting to take that on within himself Mm -hmm. and feel like things are it's up to him to solve certain matters but Really, it's not. Like, no, he's it's still like a kid you are and you are a child, my god. You're actually a child, and you don't know. And that gun is thirteen <laughs> times your size. Why was that the biggest gun I've right? ever seen in my life? Fucking massive! And why that are you was, letting him walk around? Like, yeah. granted, he took it the second time around, but why would you ever let let your boy near a gun, bro? <laughs> That thing that looked side. like he was carrying a ladder. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. When they like cut to <laughs> that shot <laughs> that shot of when they when him and him and the dad are walking through and he's got the gun. Oh lord. <laughs> that thing is huge compared to him. It's almost comical yeah. how big it is compared to him. But it kinda it kind of works though, because it, it kind of uh it serves as a symbol for the responsibility that he's kind of giving himself i'm i'm digging way deeper than it is but it's it's kind of <laughs> true where it's like he's carrying this big burden right of trying to be the patriarch the next patriarch of this household and it's like you're not mm. ready for this this isn't yeah. your time well, and also guns were bigger back then that's true um so that was part of it too but yeah no it's true though you you really do get to see how much of a child he is when you when you see him carrying this ginormous gun and then with thomason she is starting to really she's starting to lash out because she she feels all of the blame that everybody else in the family is is putting upon her she she feels that even if they're not outwardly saying that she knows that people are probably blaming her for the disappearance of of samuel and she's really really having a hard time and starting to lash out understandably so because of it Mm -hmm. and she you know tells mercy or mercy right Yeah, yeah she tells mercy this whole tale of her being a witch and kind of uses that to scare her. And of course, nowadays, you know, you could do something like that and it would not be a big deal. But you can't go, like I said, back then, you can't go around 
spinning tales of witches and assuming that that's not going to come back to get you especially when you're telling these whack bad little kids <laughs> this story like thomason you really thought that she wasn't gonna say anything like come on girl yeah you 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 truly should have known you truly should have known <laughs> but yeah the family is kind of in disarray right um fact that it has mm-hmm. been so short a time since samuel's disappearance uh it, it it's uh it's taking a toll on everyone and so with the family dealing with everything that they're dealing with and we talked about the responsibility that caleb's kind of feeling right his i don't fault him too much for attempting to go out on his own and like find a solution right like it's it's understandable but oh man caleb my dude the amount of times yo ass should have just turned back while you're in that forest is like too many to count is a series of unfortunate events yeah because you know we 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 find out that tom they want to send thomason away mm-hmm. and oh Caleb, that's right they did just have that scene where they overheard them mm-hmm. um which they should have fucking known that the kid you really think shouting your kids names <laughs> across the house uh, right. before going into your deep dark secrets is going to keep them asleep i feel like as your logic there would, as if they would answer you like she's now she's navigating off of the idea that if they're awake they'll they'll tell me they'll they're awake <laughs> no why would they children <laughs> they well they're supposed to be asleep so if they are not why would they be like yes <laughs> so yeah she shouts her names and assumes they're asleep and even if they were asleep with the way these walls are built and the way that this house is the and how mama was raised in her voice mm-hmm. i was like they smooth would have been awake yeah the way you talking yeah yeah that was that was a bad choice all right again we're reaching the point now where the family's making a lot of mistakes in how they're navigating mm-hmm. but especially the the mother at this point is very much at is starting to kind of reach the end of her rope in in a couple dif- different ways. She is really, really starting to resent Thomason because now she's convinced that Thomason has stolen from her, mm-hmm. which the dad did. Which was, I was like, Dad, if you don't say that you took this cup yeah. and keep it moving, we're going to have some issues. Um, but yeah, the, the mom is just reaching the end of her rope and... So the dad kind of concedes to her. He doesn't want to send Thomason away, mm-hmm. but he just kind of too, agrees to yeah. make her happy. He's too fucking prideful. And like he does admit that later on that that is like the sin that he's working mm-hmm. through, quote unquote. Uh, but the it just sucks to not only see Thomason, but also Caleb have to kind of uh, cover their dad's ass because like he's... He's trying to give off this vibe that he's got everything under control when he doesn't. And so mm-hmm. now it's it really is, although they're too young to be dealing with this responsibility, it really is actually starting to fall on the kids to like deal with this. And maybe that could have been what inspired Caleb to try and handle this on his own. Um, maybe that incident of having to cover for his dad um, get, right. like lit his fire to like, you know what? I am I am the solution to this problem. Like I 
I am the one who knocks. Like I'm going to figure out how to <laughs> save my family. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, homeboy gets tempted by titties, and you know the titties have taken I... taken very strong but... strong men. You know what? <laughs> You know I hate that word, though. Like, <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> Tell me it's wrong, you... though. Tell me I'm wrong. Um, she does look like she does look good. She comes out in her um little red riding hood, chic cosplay. Mm -hmm. She comes slinking out of the house. I think it was a combination of probably what the fuck is going on, but also like. What the what the fuck? What the fuck going is going on? on? <laughs> <laughs> it's a combination of the two. Um, but yeah, he gets he gets tempted. And um I I I think that this th this movie reminds me of like three different movies. I, I think maybe used as inspiration, and I could be kind of reaching here, but the three movies that this reminds me of, uh, the first one would be The Shining, and it's specifically because of this part uh, with the, you know, going and coming up to this this house and then a woman coming out and and seducing you and then you realize that she is much older than she actually is. Reminds me of that scene with Jack and the old lady in the bath, and the lady in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. And then care and and i guess in some senses too like kind of the deterioration of a family yeah and kind of turning against your child and then it reminds me of carrie in the sense of thomason's journey more so how in carrie her mother pushing her and pushing this religious these religious ideals on carrie and always shaming her for who she is just as a human being is kind of what pushes Carrie to use her powers for for bad when it didn't have to necessarily be that way. I feel like the same thing happens in this is like Thomason didn't want to be evil. No. It was the push of her family that kind of leads her down this path. Yeah. And then my last one that is also a, a bit that comes up soon is... Or I'm sorry, it's a bit that came a little bit before that is it kind of reminds me of the thing sometimes um, because of the sense of isolation and also assimilation because they have isolated themselves and they are out in the middle of these woods, just them. And each of them become very paranoid of each other, mm -hmm. consistently point the finger at each other for things that they haven't done and that continues to go on i i really get those vibes when like thomason and the twins get locked in the shed yeah 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 and and like you know they don't know who is bad and who is good and none of them are really bad but they, of course they don't know they don't yeah they don't that. know and then mm -hmm. the emotional state that you have to be in honestly to even want to do that to your children right understandably so after a couple more things that happened, but it's still crazy that the family from the beginning, who was like, you know, trying to stay as um, as unified as possible, gets mm -hmm. to such an extent, um, not too far later in the film. Um, I did really want to quickly talk about uh, Caleb's death scene um, yeah. because they do, unlike Samuel, they do actually find Caleb. Um, but he is naked and afraid and uh, mm -hmm. very much bewitched. 
when they find him. I personally loved the whole sequence with um with uh bewitched Caleb. I thought from like mm-hmm. beginning to end it was uh what's the word I'm looking for? It was very engaging. Um captivating. Captiv very captivating. It 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 piqued your curiosity about like are we going to get some information here? Like what what information are we gonna get from Caleb right now? And is he gonna make it? And is this combination of circumstances going to lead the family into fully accusing Thomason of being a witch? Because you can see it in her face during that whole thing, outside of her being, you know, horrified that her brother is going through this. She's also like got these two kids calling her a witch every mm-hmm. two seconds after everything that comes out Caleb's mouth to which you know she wants to slap them kids because fuck them kids. Yeah. And the thing about it too is like damn does Thomason make herself look guilty. Like everything is a she is a victim of circumstance mm-hmm. but I'm like girl you are always in the wrong place at the wrong Truly. time. Like you're taking care of Samuel when he goes missing. You're out in the woods with Caleb and you're the only kid that comes back. Caleb comes back. You're the one that finds him. Like, oh, you're milking the goat and the goat's milk turns to blood. It's like, Thomason, girl, you <laughs> might just want to go take a nap and just let things happen and just let other people see them. Like, <laughs> yeah. you need to go. Maybe you should go to the other house. Maybe you should yeah, go with another Maybe that would be a better <laughs> look for you right now because things are not yeah. looking too hot um, at no. the homestead. Uh, but you know, I, I, I wrote down that, uh, Caleb's like right before he dies, that little death speech, that shit was Oscar worthy. I give it to him. That, Mm -hmm. that kid slayed that little monologue. Cast the light of countenance upon me. Spread over me the lap of thy love. Wash me in the ever flowing fountains of thy blood. Holy thine I am. My sweet Lord Jesus, my Lord, my love, kiss me with the kisses of thy mouth. How lovely art thou, thy embrace. My Lord, (laughs) my Lord, my love, my soul salvation, take me to thy lap. Yeah, I that's the the kids in this movie are great. I I think that they do a really good job. And I do think that this was a very hard the dialogue in this film is hard enough mm-hmm. for even an adult. And I do think this is a very it's almost Shakespearean the the way they're having to speak. Mm-hmm. And I do think that he for, for someone who may not truly have understood exactly what they were saying, I feel like he captive, like he portrayed the feelings that that character would have been feeling in that moment very well. In his actual death moment, the moment where he dies, I thought was very, very believable. Mm-hmm. Because I remember the first time I watched it, I was worried it was going to be over the top. But... I like that it was it it's more of a 
his death is like a scream to a whimper for me because yeah. it's really, really big. And then when he dies, it's almost just like, ah, like he accepts it and it's fine. It's not like, ah! mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what I was worried it was going to be. Um, so yeah, I was really impressed because dying is hard. It, it's hard to die believably. And I think he did a great job. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very much so. Very much so. And yeah, dude, poor, poor fucking Thomason just stuck with a <laughs> stuck into such a hard place now because now it's it's really looking like she's a witch, right? Like, mm-hmm. especially with the kids nonstop just doing this, like it's it's very clear that both parents are like, look, we're running out of options here. Maybe, maybe our daughter slept with the devil. Who knows? Who knows? Like we're, we're running out of options of things to try here. Mm-hmm. What if hypothetically our daughter was in fact a witch? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're reaching that point uh, real quick before moving on from the Caleb scene though. A fun fact that I did read that I did not catch it all while watching it is apparently when they try and like drain the evil energy from Caleb, like the blood that they pour into the thing, that that's mm-hmm. apparently CGI. Did not realize at all, but all of that mm. blood was CGI. I did think I was like, "That's some that that thug that that thug <laughs> that thug really dripping, uh, that blood really dripping." Is yeah, what I was like, I was that was thinking, a lot, but... a lot of blood. But apparently, they CGI that blood, which I was like, "Okay, shit, looks good." Was... C- CGI CGI works in small doses. Mm-hmm. When in, when you in just movies like this, yeah, when you just trickle it in without telling anybody, it's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But now we're reaching kind of like the climax ish. Of the movie, because the movie kind of has two different like climaxes in a way, right? We have the family's climax and then Thomason's climax. Um, mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, how did you feel coming into like the last turn of this movie? Like, where were you at? How how did the last like reveals and scares hit you? Like, what were your feelings? The second half of this movie is definitely my. I prefer the second half of this movie. Okay. Like from from the point where um, she starts to be being, or she gets accused of being a witch and all of that. I, I love the way all of that unfolds because I love the quickness with which it happens. The pace really picks up. And I think that the fact that it happens basically over a day and, and a night, I think is very clever. Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't have much time in between. You have to think about it, if this were realistically happening in this period of time, and they did truly believe that their kids were witches. Because at this point in time, the dad's like, all y'all, all y'all are witches. witches. <laughs> and I put my name on that. I put my name and my land on that. <laughs> and so the dad's like, convinced. If that was the case, it, it, it would the tension would ratchet up like that. There wouldn't be a lot of time to stop and think and wonder. And so, yeah, I I really love that. I think that they've done a good job of really building up the moments, the small little things, so that when the dad does snap, because I feel like for a long time, the dad is, is the ray of hope for Thomason. Mm-hmm. Like the the dad is the one character where you think, well he believes her and he has her back. And so even if things get bad, we might have him. And so the minute when things change with him, I feel like is is the minute when you just know that everything is going to go wrong, but you just don't know how and why. 
And so I, I, yeah, I love the the sequence of events with what happens with each character. I think specifically the this the scene with the mom I, I always stood out to me. Like this is a scene that I always remember her having the vision mm-hmm. of Caleb and Samuel and thinking that she's breastfeeding Samuel. Um, that moment to me is great. But then I also really love. The moment where the twins and Thomason are put into the the shed and they're both just looking at each other and they're like, are you a witch? And they're like, <laughs> no. no. Are you? <laughs> no. I don't know. It's just something about it. it. You just really see how far this family has allowed themselves to to stray from each other just because they were scared or just because they you know, were in over their heads yeah, and they a lot of emotions were, they going were around. yeah, and they're and I think a lot of it we see for a lot of them is they were just upset that they were they all wanted to be back at their home. None of them really wanted to be there. Yeah. And it has manifested in ways that have allowed them rather than find solace within each other and find comfort within each other, they've done the opposite and they've just allowed that anger to fester and they've used it against each other and now it's like now you're more alone than ever mm-hmm. like, it's very true everyone's feeling point? isolated at this point mm-hmm. um and i agree i i like that scene with the kids in in the barn too because i think it's like a small like the the eye of the storm moment where like there's been so much that's just happened then you get this bit of a slowdown there where it kind of brings you back down to reality of like you just locked your kids in a shed. Now they're just sitting in there, right? With this uh, mm-hmm. very ominous black ram looking thing. Yeah. And the yeah, devil goat. Yeah, this little devil goat. And they're, I mean, yeah, what else would they do other than be like, all right, you know, are you a witch? Like, it, 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 makes, it makes sense that they would get to that point. Uh, one of my favorite scenes actually is um, William waking up. The next day after like every like after we've seen the witch and all that stuff in the <laughs> mm-hmm. in the shed and whatnot, he just wakes up and he's just walking through the shit storm that has become his life. I don't know what it is about that scene, but I just love it so much. Like, mm-hmm. Well, it just feels like because there's a moment where so there's the moment when he goes outside and he looks at the shed and Thomason looking guilty again (laughs) is just laying in the remnants of the shed that has been demolished and there's a moment right before he gets attacked that it almost feels like if this was a modern film where he would like just look up at the sky and just be like what the fuck like you know what i mean like he would just have that moment of like like, what is going on burst out laughing or something like he would have some kind of emotional release and it feels like he's about to look up to the sky look up to god and have that emotional release and he doesn't get that it never comes Mm -hmm. instead he is attacked by Black Philip. <laughs> yeah, Philip says, "I've waited long enough. <laughs> I, I am sick of you. I'm sick of you and all this wood. Stop chopping wood. <laughs> enough with the wood. Enough wood. There's so much wood. I was like, you, what are you planning? You planning on having fires for the next twenty years, dude? <laughs> Look, we all like, find our ways to cope. So all right. Much wood. Well, William just became a lumberjack in his free time. <laughs> but yeah, now nah, he gets he gets his ass beat 
by Philip. Yeah. Um, I I honestly didn't see it coming. Now, granted, you could probably see the family's demise coming soonish. But that just that particular scene, I did not expect it to go that way. Um, that caught me really off guard. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was a cool moment. And then um, the scene right afterwards with between Thomason and her mom, I thought mm-hmm. was a really powerful moment as well, especially right at its climax, right? Where there's a moment after I think Tom, like they're, they're fighting, right? Um, at this point, Catherine's like, everything is your fault. You are a witch, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And like, there's a moment she's got Thomason on the ground. Like she's trying to like, choke her out and kill her. And Thomason slashes her once, right? And there's that brief moment there where Thomason, I think, knows that if she has to, she can kill her mom right now. Like, she knows that she has the upper hand because she has this weapon. But she hesitates. She doesn't immediately do it. It's not until her mom is actively trying to kill her that she's like, okay, I I have to do this. And it just makes that scene so sad to me. Because it's like, even through all of this, she's like, mom, come on. Like, mom, it's just like, you're all I have left at this point. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Right. Because even when she first, her mom first attacks her, she keeps saying, like, I love you. And and yeah, it's like she, she waits as long as she possibly can before landing the final blow. Because I think maybe there's still a part of her that hopes that maybe her mom will stop and just take a moment and see that everything that has happened here has been out of their control. But of course, that is not what happens. And so Thomason kind of has to finish the deed. And then oh, and then I did write um, that post kill nap probably hits different. She goes inside, <laughs> she goes inside and like lays her head down and immediately falls asleep. And I was like, damn. What what good writing there too. What a human fucking response to everything that just happened. I genuinely could not see her doing anything else in that moment than exactly what she did of just being mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm gonna, take a little nap. I'm gonna go take a fucking nap. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm tired. Well, I'm sure, shoot, because she didn't get any sleep in the shed, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. She got knocked out, but I mean, I don't think that that counts as. I don't feel like you, you probably don't feel quite as um, energized when you wake up from getting knocked out as opposed to like taking a proper proper nap right um but i don't know yeah so she she's exhausted she just killed her mom (laughs) you know just saw her dad die the twins are presumed dead as well yes it's been a rough couple of hours it's been a rough 24 (laughs) hours for her so she takes a sweet little nap um and she wakes up and this is when we finally get to hear black philip and because yeah he hasn't talked to he he's only talked to the twins allegedly and allegedly according to the twins he do be scatting with them Mm -hmm. every once in a while but yeah so thomason is basically like speak and at first it seems like he's not going to and then he does and for some reason i was just like what if black philip talked and he sounded like i don't know like daffy duck or something just, <laughs> if he just had just some ridiculous voice <laughs> yeah wouldn't that just change the whole ending if he didn't sound the way that he sounded like philip 
conjure thee to speak to me. Speak as thou to speak to Jonas and Mercy. Dost thou understand my English tongue? Answer me. Oh my, it really would. You know what? Actually, homies, request. Y'all need to y'all need to edit that scene <laughs> with as many different voices as you can. Make it as ridiculous as possible. And please send it to us if you do, because I would love to watch. He does sound, but no, he sounds he sounds exactly like what you would expect Black Philip to sound like. Mm -hmm. And he asks Thomason basically. He's like, baby girl, I can show you the world. You like, truly. <laughs> he said it in a Puritan way, but that that's what his intentions were. Basically, yeah, he's like, you ever been on a private jet? Because, <laughs> like, I could get you on one. And Thomas I could show like, you things. Thomas is like, yeah, I, I kind of want to do that. And then so, he's also like, we don't get to see it. But for her, uh, he's not transformed into this suave, mm -hmm. uh, you know, strapped in black cowboy boots cowboy boots a clinking with the spurs like he's looking good now um mm -hmm. which another another fun director's note <laughs> uh so the director has like a little commentary oh that um i guess is included with the dvd right but you can listen to it in other places but uh one of the funnier things that he says is he makes a lot of comments about how awesome the set and costume design are but because the movie's so dark you can't see shit he's mm -hmm. like bruh this dude looks so good in this scene and you can't see shit <laughs> <laughs> he's like i wish you could see how handsome this man looks in this moment but i mean you mm -hmm. can't you really can't see anything and that's fine like it's <laughs> it, it's completely okay to have him um be more of like an idea like you don't need to see him yeah. for that I scene to work I love, I kind of love that we can't see him mm -hmm. because he's still so mysterious. It almost feels like he really does only reveal himself to, you know, the people who are, that he is trying to, you know, get to join him, which in this case would be Thomason. So it makes sense that only she can really see him. Because mm -hmm. even with the twins, it's like, yeah, they allegedly spoke to him, but he always stayed as a goat yeah. for them. Like they never saw him. As far as we and know. So yeah. as far as we know. I don't know. Little kids. Yeah. Badass kids. I don't know what they was doing. Man, fuck them but kids. um <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's like Thomason does it and she goes into the woods and sees other witches out there and they all begin floating and she rejoices and revels in her newfound freedom and we love that for her yes we we do and we also we also see basically the precursor for like most a24 horror movie endings from here on out all the movies where it's just that last scene of this of our main character in a very um dark situation but really happy about it uh mm -hmm. Yeah, I, the ending was fire. I, I, I really did enjoy it. Um, the reveal of everything. I'm glad that we had the reveal. 
with Black Phillip. Like, I'm glad that it was something that was included. Because you, there is a way that you could have done this movie without ever going into that. Um, but I felt like that was the conclusion that the movie needed. Like, we, mm-hmm. we, we did need the reason for all the bad things that was happening to this family. Because I think if we left without ever actually really knowing, it wouldn't have hit the same. Um, cause there was even a point in the movie where like, I was thinking to myself, like, is she a witch? Like, I didn't know if that was going to be the reveal that the whole time, like, no, yeah, I was totally a witch. Uh, this was all <laughs> my doing. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad they didn't go in that route, but it was something that crossed my mind. Like as the family was getting more accusatory, uh, towards Thomason. Um, <laughs> yeah. but all in all, yeah, I, I really liked the ending. Yeah, no, I like the ending too. I think especially because. At that point in time, after I I don't know, it's something about it just feels so freeing after seeing Thomas and go through all of this for the majority of the film. Yeah. And it's kind of like she has a happy ending in a weird way. Yeah, it's it's a it's not it's a bad ending in in the grand scheme of things. It's you know, it sucks because I don't think that that is ever what she would have wanted. But considering the circumstances, it's what I think at this point in time is probably what was for the best because what else would she have done? Like, where would she have gone? She can't go back to the town. She's not, was she going to stay at that house and just continue to live in on her own and like, try nah. for herself it's like she was really no. she was really out of options there so it, it makes sense that she'd be like fuck it well what what, what do i have to lose literally yeah and her whole life has been ruined her entire family is dead I doubt that she would continue to believe in the same things that she had previously believed mm-hmm. because it's all been turned on its head for her. Everything, she probably will forever see things completely differently just with the course of events. Yeah. And so, Because, yeah, like, the, fe- like, the fear of God and, like, the fear of sin is, like, a big uh, constant motif in this movie, right? And so, yeah, for her to see what would definitely be a God-fearing family just get decimated by circumstance, I'm sure she would be thinking and feeling a type of way um towards any sort of like devil or or witch magic or that she's like i don't give a Mm -hmm. fuck like none of the rules make sense anymore i don't care yeah whatever make me float you know yeah let me float we all float (laughs) we all float (laughs) it don't matter um also speaking of sins so i was thinking when i was watching it today i was like maybe everybody in this family is supposed to represent the seven deadly sins because there's seven people in the family. Hmm. Um, and if that's the case, I, I have some of them pinned down, but I know I'm not so sure about the other ones because it obviously the father is pride. Right. Like he says that even he even says that himself. Mm-hmm. I would think that Caleb would be lust. Yep, Caleb would be lust. Um, I feel like the mother would be anger. Anger, true. I am um, Thomason. I feel like the twins. This is where I. I think this is where I get tripped up because to make it work, both of the twins would need to be different sins, right? But because they, I was, 
Oh, go ahead. No, I was just like, I would like pick one of them as sloth, right? Just because they don't want to do anything. Yeah, I would pick one of them as sloth and maybe the other one as as greed. Okay. Which would make Thomason envy. Mm. And then that would make. Oh, but you're missing gluttony, though. Yeah, that would have to be Sam. <laughs> Sam, Sam breastfed too much. That was his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a little bit too. Yeah, he was doing a little bit too much with the feeding. Uh, so he is gluttony. But I don't know. I was just thinking because there's just so much about sin in this, mm-hmm. and and so much about the dad's pride. And though originally I thought of that because of Caleb and the dad, because I do definitely feel like Caleb is lust. Is he? He he's starting to. F- he's starting to think these immoral thoughts and Mm -hmm. that's a pretty big part of his character and pride is such a huge part for the dad and so that's where i originally got it um but i I think it just becomes a little hard with like the younger ones because we don't have enough like information on them ready to pick it especially with especially with um jonas because I don't feel like we get a lot from him. We get a lot of mercy mm-hmm. and she's doing a lot, but I, you don't get too, too much with Jonas. But I actually agree with you where I think that sloth for sure, because they don't ever want to help. No. And um, yeah, that could, maybe that, maybe that's Jonas. Maybe, maybe Jonas is sloth and then mm-hmm. uh, mercy could be envy. Uh, I mean, there, I think there's an argument for it there, uh, but I don't know. Homies, what do y'all think? Yeah. It, who, who would you peg as each sin if these were all the sins? Uh, mm-hmm. Please let us know. We'd love to hear it. Please let us know. What what sin would you identify them as? <laughs> I almost thought you were going to ask, what sin would you identify as? <laughs> yes. What's, which sin do you most identify with? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> But um yeah, uh, yeah. Is there is there anything really else with the witch? I think we kind of covered everything, right? No, I I think that that was I think that that was it. Yeah, just um some awesome awesome shots in this movie and also for once again a movie that takes place <coughs> basically at a single location with a one main stay of cast like once we're out of that town we get that we just are with our core family mm-hmm. and i think so much of this movie depended on them this movie almost acts like feels like a play at certain times yeah it really does and i do think that the acting the strength of the acting the the movie really relied on that so i do want to just give it up again to the actors especially the kid actors for for doing such a a great job because when you when you get dialogue like this similarly to Shakespeare like I kind of said earlier even if people don't understand it like even if the audience doesn't totally understand what what you're saying you have to convey with your emotions to try and at least get the gist across of what you mean and for kids I do I do think they did an, an awesome job because like, especially for Jonas and, and Mercy, I, I'm sure a lot of the time they probably did not know 
mm-hmm. what the scene was about. Because a lot of times when you work with kids in horror movies, you do tend to shield them from the truth of what's happening in the scene because you don't want to scar them. Right. And so I'm sure they probably a lot of the time didn't really know what was going on in the scene. But I wouldn't know that because like they... I, I knew exactly what I, what I needed to know from their characters, mm-hmm. and I understood the intention behind everybody's characters and what they were saying. So yeah, I just wanted to give props to the actors yeah. again, but also to the writing, because yeah. this is based on Robert Eggers' script. So Yeah, and the direction was really good as well. So mm-hmm. definitely for a de- uh, directorial debut, Fucking outstanding. Um, yes. Really, also, really when I looked this movie up, I, for some reason it said adapted from The Lion, The, the Witch, and, and the, the wardrobe. wardrobe. Yeah, I saw that I too. I said the what in the who <laughs> in the where? <laughs> what do you mean? Not C.S. Lewis's, I know for sure. <laughs> like, do I have to go back and read that? Was there some stuff yeah, I missed? Like, in Narnia? Excuse yeah. me? Nah, I mean, they did pull a lot from, like, different folklore for stuff. So, like, right. maybe that's the direction they were going with. But yeah, bit of a stretch there. Oh, but that I was... I didn't see Mr. Tumnus anywhere in this <laughs> film. It's very true. <laughs> um, but you did just remind me one more thing before we do the rating. <laughs> was that um, the rabbit thing, uh, apparently in uh, Nordic fol- folklore... Uh, witches have the ability to turn into rabbits and do mischievous deeds. So every time there's a rabbit shot, um, it is kind of implied that that is the witch at work, which I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. shit, did not know. Mm -hmm. Well, and yeah, because what's his face? Caleb kind of says that, too, because he he says that like a a raven, a a raven, a hare, a goat, like he names out all the stuff that the witch the f- different forms that the witch can, can come to you yeah. at in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. In his Oscar speech. <laughs> yes. In his Oscar winning uh, speech in his death throes, Caleb, <laughs> Caleb tried to give him a hint. <laughs> yeah. They didn't pick it up though. They didn't catch it. Yeah. That's fair. I, the apple, the apple threw him off. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, what the fuck? No. <laughs> oh, so you had food this whole time and you didn't share. You didn't want to ask us if we if we wanted to, to have. Like, you know, okay. we hungry, damn it. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> right. Okay, should we should we rate this out of butter? Um, should we rate this out of goats? Out of how about goat butter? How about how about we how about we just mix them together? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, absolutely not. That sounds so gross. The devil's yes. goat butter, actually. <laughs> okay. We can do it out of the devil's goat butter. Oh, you really want to do it out of the devil's I was saying that as a joke. You really want to do it out of that? We can. Why not? Let's we're committed to it now. <laughs> Let's do it out of the devil's goat butter. Oh no, we're gonna have to go to church after this one. Um, but all right, do you want <laughs> you wanna go first? You want me to go first? Um, you go first. You goat first. You goat first. <laughs> um, okay. I think I would give the witch uh, 4.8 out of 5 uh, mm-hmm. slabs of the devil's goat butter. <laughs> uh, really good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I think the only thing I'm taking points off of is just like personal preference because I'm, again, not huge on period pieces. But I don't think that that is a very big um, 
flaw by any means of this movie. There are points where it may feel a little bit slower, um, but I think it's for good reason. I think because those slow moments lead into such extremes at points, it ends up working in the grand scheme of things. But overall, I really liked it. Um, I'm definitely of the team that thinks it's a, that this is a really good movie. And yeah, I even liked it enough that I may at some point watch it again. Who knows? But mm. for now, we will settle on uh, 4.8 out of 5 pieces of the devil's goat butter. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do 4.1 out of 5 devil's goat butter. It's <laughs> the weirdest <laughs> rating we've ever got. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay, um, I hear you. Yeah, so, yeah, no, this is a great movie. Um, Awesome characters, very flawed, nuanced, well-written, well-acted, stylishly shot, some some great shots, love the cinematography in this, and I think it's a pretty solid script. It it moves at a pretty brisk pace once we start to reach that second half, but... I don't know. I think that upon this rewatch, I was I really just found myself thinking that I don't know if I'll uh, unless I'm watching it with someone else or if it's for a reason. I I don't know if I would just want to watch this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's why I haven't watched it since I since I watched it the first time as much as I do like it. And that's totally fair. There are movie a lot of movies. I feel that way. I, I really enjoy them. And I only watch them once and then there are some movies that i actually really don't like and for some reason i've watched them a lot it do be like that that. um but yeah i i just feel like i it's not one that i would go back to very often and i do feel like sometimes the volume mixing is a little bit off for me and it goes on a little bit too long i think that's the thing that i noticed the most about it is it would go on for a really long time, so I'd be fiddling with the volume for a while, and then I'd finally get it right, and then it would switch to like a dialogue scene, and I'd have to fix again. Damn. Um, but yeah, that's my only like big con about it. But other than that, I do really enjoy this movie, and I think it's a great um, like autumn slash winter watch. It definitely felt like it fit in for our November watches, so mm-hmm. I was I was glad that we decided to watch it now. Um, but yeah, four point one devil. What is it? Devil goat butter. <laughs> devil goat butter. Yeah. Out of out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is it? <laughs> I thought it was. I was the goat. It's the goat in the middle because yeah. I want to say devil's butter. Devil's or butter. Devil's goats. Yeah. Not, not the whole thing. Take take that rating for what you will, y'all. Use as many yeah. or as little of the additives as you'd like. At the end, mm-hmm. we still can't believe it's not butter. So, <laughs> <laughs> truly, <laughs> very true. Um, but yeah, that, that's it, homies. <laughs> that is our rating and review of Dewitch. Um, how many of you guys have seen this one, and what do you homies think of this? We would love to know, and if you want to tell us, then you can hit us up on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you wanted to uh, send us 
uh, recommendations, requests, you have a long thesis you would like to write about this, or you would like to reach out to us for any business inquiries, you can always shoot us an email. We are homiesofhorror at gmail.com. Another awesome place to talk to us about this movie, other movies, and just horror spooky stuff in general is in our Discord. Hop into our Discord. It is free. And we are in there. Plus, other homies are in there that you can chit-chat with. We are in there hanging out, talking all things fun and horror. So if you would like to join us in there, you can find the link for that in our social media bios. You can also find the link to our Twitch and our social media bios as well. That's right, we're on Twitch and we are streaming it up every single Monday. So today, if you're listening on the day of this episode's release, every single Monday night, we do a homies hangout where we stream some spooky games and just kind of hang out and talk to you homies. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, then please go to our link in our bios and come and check us out. Last but not least, if you would be so inclined and go onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or a review, we would very much appreciate it. Uh, the more ratings and reviews we get on Apple, the more people get recommended our podcast. So if you have an Apple account and you would like to do that, we would very much appreciate it. We love hearing from the homies and hearing what you think of the show. So if you would like to do that, then now is your chance. But other than that, stay healthy, homies. It is sick, sick flu and every other bug apparently season. Mm -hmm. uh, so stay healthy, stay spooky, and uh, we will be catching you next time. Catch you later, homies. Bye. <laughs>